From there Jesus set out and went away into the region of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know he was there, yet he could not escape notice. But a woman, whose little daughter had an unclean spirit, immediately heard about him, and she came and bowed down at his feet. Now, the woman was a Gentile of Syrophoenician origin. She begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. Jesus said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then Jesus said to her, For saying that, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. So she went home, found the child lying on the bed, and the demon gone. Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went by way of Sidon toward the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. They brought to him a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to lay his hand on him. Jesus took him aside in private, away from the crowd, and put his fingers into his ears. And he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened. His tongue was released and he spoke plainly. Then Jesus ordered them to tell no one. But the more he ordered them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. They were astounded beyond measure. Saying, he has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be seated, please. Let's pray together, please. We ask, O God, that through the sacred word, your word is heard among the people this day, so that we might be more fully the boys and girls, and the men and women that you are calling us to be day by day. Through Christ, the living word, we pray. Amen. Southwest Airlines has made a whole uh, advertisement series out of the phrase, want to get away. You've seen them. People who just want to get away. You've felt that, I'm sure. Parents want to get away from your kids sometime, right? Kids, you want to get away from your parents, right? Can I get an amen from our youth on that? They're texting amen. I'm certain that people, other than those who work here at Highland Baptist Church, occasionally want to get away from their jobs Sometimes we even want to get away from the good deeds we do. There's a thing called compassion fatigue. We just need to check out. I think God knew this about the human condition. I think that's one of the reasons that in God's good mercy, among the Ten Commandments, we find remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. 
the Sabbath wasn't simply go to church. In fact, it wasn't just go to church. It was stop what you're doing. Get away. Recognize that God is God and that you're not God. It's a good gift. There's another piece, though, to me of getting away. And that is sometimes the things I discover while I've sort of checked out and taken a break. You've had this experience where you've wrestled with an issue head on. All day long, you can't figure out the answer. Perhaps it's at work, perhaps it's in your school, perhaps it's some issue at home and with your family. And then, when you're not even thinking about the matter, all of a sudden you'll realize, that's what I need to do? Oh. It's almost like while you took a break, the breakthrough happened. You've had that experience of reading a novel. You're just reading for fun. You're not reading for information. You're not taking notes. It's not one of those kind of moments. You're just taking a break by reading. And then, lo and behold, here comes this discovery about yourself or a relationship, the way the world works that you didn't realize before. Sometimes it's not in the midst of work and study, but during the breaks that the breakthroughs occur. I have a habit of taking a break on Sunday afternoon. It's a little power nap I take. It, I go to my sacred place. I call it Cotton Springs Baptist Church, which is my other word for my bed. <laughs> I go to Cotton Springs Baptist, and I just need that time. Sundays are long sometimes, and they're, they're stressful Some years ago, though, we had a Sunday afternoon event that sort of cut into my power nap time. It was called No Murders Metro, and I've told the story before of um, being finished one particular uh, day at the end of this No Murders Metro. We'd gather with uh, family members and neighbors and friends and people from other churches, and we'd gather around a cross exactly like our processional cross, and we would sing and we would pray for the person who had been murdered at that particular site. We'd pray for the neighborhood. We'd pray for the police. We'd pray for the perpetrator. When it was over, I was frankly glad. It had been a long day. I'm saying goodbye to a few folks, putting the things away, and it was my turn to take home the cross. And we were putting putting the cross in my car when I noticed that still out on the street there was somebody there kneeling in the middle of the street. Cars going around him. I thought, oh, I want to get home. But I thought, I need to go see what this is. And went out and discovered it was the father of the young man who had been killed. I kneeled down beside him. And he didn't even look up. He just knew I was there. And he said his head was right here and pointed on the street. His body went out that way and his arms were splayed like this. And I didn't realize that I had carried with me the cross, just, just the cross part. And s- without thinking, the cross went right where the young man's body had been. The cars were whizzing around us on either side, and we just kneeled there side by side. It had been not that long since my own son had died, and 
We just were there. Finally, he picked up the cross and handed it to me, looked at me for the first time, and he said to me, I love you. And I realized or thought at that moment, he doesn't know me. He's speaking to Christ. I love you. And as I heard the words, as being the recipient of those words, it occurred to me, that's Christ speaking to me, saying, I love you. And it occurred, I thought, I almost missed this. I was in a hurry to go take a nap. Sometimes it's in the midst of our breaks that the real breakthrough moments happen. Mark tells us that Jesus needed a break. This text may be Jesus at his most human. He's been out feeding the multitudes. He's healed people. He's been preaching. He's been dissed by his hometown. His cousin John the Baptist has been killed. And so now he's entered this part of uh, a, a land that, where people don't know him. I'm turning off my cell phone, he said. Close the curtains. Take the phone off the hook. I don't want to see or talk to anyone. But Mark says, yet he could not escape notice. But a woman with a little daughter with an unclean spirit, whatever that means, comes and falls at his feet, just like Jairus had done for his daughter two chapters earlier. Only Mark notes for us, this woman was a Gentile of Syrophoenician origin. She's She's not one of us. She's one of those people. Jesus is tired. He's on a break. Perhaps that's why he quotes this truism that must have been a saying back then. You don't give the food for the children to the dogs. He called the woman and her daughter dogs. As if to say, you, you don't qualify. I, I'm on a break. You, you, you don't qualify. And this mother, who probably shouldn't have approached Jesus, shouldn't be speaking with a man, comes back with this response. Yes, sir. But even the little dogs get the scraps that fall from the children's table. Mark says, then Jesus said to her, but I want to go, wait, wait, wait. What happened? What happened in that moment or that period of time? What, what wheels turned in Jesus' spirit? What, what's been left out here between her comeback to him and his response to her? What'd she say again? What did that evoke in him? What did that... Uh, What possibilities did that raise in his mind that caused him to be able to see something that he hadn't seen before, that he hadn't really fully appropriated of what God is doing in this world? That this grace that he had been sent to embody is even more amazing than that had been thought before. 
That no one is beyond the limits. That no one is outside of the boundaries of God's love. This realization that we're all God's children. And it's unclear to me as I read his response. Whether Jesus was saying, I healed her, go on home. Or whether he realizes, as he said, in saying this, your daughter's been healed. Go on home. This kind of recognition that humanity really is one, that we're all God's children, that is the power of God that heals the world. He went to Tyre to get away, and God showed up. And a radical new discovery was made. He tries to go back to his vacation. He moves over to the area of the Decapolis, another non-Jewish place. And here it is again, another man, an outsider. A man who can't hear, a man who can't speak is brought to them, brought to him by some folks. And this time Jesus doesn't hesitate. He takes him aside in private. And rather than keeping an arm's length, they say to him, just touch him, that's all, just touch him. He takes him aside and he puts his fingers in his ears. He penetrates that place where hearing is lost. And then he does the oddest thing. He spits, which is completely against the Levitical codes. He spits and then he merges that spit. He, takes this, he touches the man's tongue. As if to say, we're one. We're connected. This is more intimate than you could possibly imagine. I'm not going to just touch you. I'm going to unite us. And then he says these words. Mark's very carefully records the Aramaic to make sure that he gets it right. Ephatha, he says, which means be opened. And it's a word that he says to the man and his ears and his mouth are opened and he's able to hear and able to speak. It's a sign that the gospel is always about opening things and allowing people to hear and speak the word and say what needs to be said. But I think Jesus was also saying these words. What if he's also saying these words to himself and to the church? Ephatha, be opened. The gospel is bigger than we've ever realized. Be opened and awakened to this breakthrough to the heart and mind and spirit of God who wants wholeness and life and love to do its healing work in the world. And it all happened while he was trying to get away. A month from now, I'll be in the nation of Morocco in northwest Africa. We'll be visiting the sites where various ministries to refugees from sub-Saharan Africa uh, take place. In Casablanca and Marrakesh, 
in Rabat, in Ujda. Uh, we're going to be traveling, we calculated the other day, about a thousand miles once we get there, going from one city to the other. When we finally get back by vans or trains or whatever, they said we're going to do three days of a vacation Bible school for 40 women and their children. Oh, I thought, that'll be nice. That'll be familiar territory. That's easy. It's kind of a break for us. We can do that with our eyes closed until I read these women provide for themselves and their children through prostitution. Prostitution not as a, a choice, but as a necessity. They have nowhere else to go. I think I'll pay attention. Even though it felt initially like it might be a break, I have a feeling. I have a feeling the gospel might just break through. You may ask yourself, why would I even want to be part of something that interrupts your vacation? Why join a movement that requires you to pay so close of attention to your life? All I can say in response is the last line of this text. They were astounded beyond measure. And they said to themselves, he has done everything well. I think you want to be part of a movement that brings healing and life, that opens up things to God's possibilities and does everything well. We'll embody it this morning as we come to this table of the Lord. Whoever comes, whoever comes and extends a hand and says, I'm hungry for God, will receive the bread. Whoever reaches out and takes a cup will receive the blood of Christ. For that's the picture of God that Jesus came to tell us. Let's prepare our hearts now to come to this table. All are invited. If you're hungry for God, come. Jesus will feed you. Let's now turn to one another as we prepare to come to the table of the Lord. Let us, in an act of worship, say these words to one another. May the peace of Christ be with you and also with you.